This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. So it's official. The Washington football team is the Washington Commanders. Wow. What a weak nickname. It's just terrible. Well, it ain't terrible, but it ain't good either. And a lot of the fans agree. And I'm just laughing. It's it's just this team is hilarious. They pick a weak name, have a weak rollout. They haven't had a winning record since, I don't know, 2016, 2015. And it's just it's just all laughs. They slightly change the colors. Don't know what they mascot going to be. No fight song. And I'm just like, man, go ahead, bro. This is the team I got to worry about. Team is a joke. Now, I still call them the Washington sitcom from time to time. But, you know, this whole commander's situation has uh, brought a lot of Twitter reaction. And it's just another round of people calling the Washington football team like every other name you can think of. Like the Washington Washingtons, the Washington Washingtonians, the Washington Red Hawks. Everyone wanted Red Wolves. Red Wolves would have been cool. But of course, you know, the top brass wasn't post wasn't trying to do that. L. Big time L. But you know, um, oh yeah. A playoff their name. People have been calling them the Washington Commies. Because, you know, people are trying to shorten the commander's name and they come up with commies. And, you know, you got pictures of Dan Snyder looking like a looking like a dictator from the East. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like, good Lord, Jesus. But but here's the one. Here's the one I like, though. People have been calling the Washington commanders the Washington Commodores. And you know what? These guys are the Washington Commodores. Because they're better off singing than playing football. For real. It mixed emotions about the uniform. I really like the all blacks. Like the all blacks is vicious. I can't wait till they do a blackout. That's going to be vicious. And if they get to do that blackout against the Cowboys, mm, mm, that's going to be nice. I give you that. Them black uniforms are vicious. Uniforms in general are not bad. It's just, it's not traditional, though. So, a lot of people have a problem with it. It's not bad. It's not bad. But but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the name is if you don't win games. If you're not winning games, it doesn't matter. That's what Brian Mitchell was saying. That's what James Smith-Williams was saying. You know, I listen to a lot of 106.7 The Fan and... You know, the reaction on that day on 106.7 The Fan was top-notch. It was great. I was very entertained. I did a lot of lift that day. But, man, this team, man, this team is funny. And then, of course, we got to talk about the new stadium. You got the new name. You got the new uniforms. Now, what about the stadium? Because the lease ends at FedEx Field in 2027. So you need to get going on building a new stadium. You know what? Best case scenario is they just keep it in Landover and maybe just tear down the stadium they have and just temporarily move to a new one or temporarily move to like a different spot. But honestly, the best case scenario would be to be back at the RFK spot in D.C., And that would be great for me because all I would have to do is take one bus, maybe two, and I'm there. You know what I'm saying? Easy. Or take the bus and the train. Easy. Or if I drive, it's less than 10 minutes away. That'd be great. But it's a money thing. It's a politics thing. I don't know where it's going to be. It would be cool if it was... At the Washington Harbor, I think they would have to kind of build on the water to make that happen. 
from from what I see, I think they have to build on the water for that. That would be so cool if they did that. Because the National Harbor is a really good spot. You already got MGM there. The MGM and then the Redskins Stadium. I, I just called them the Redskins. That's an L. <laughs> but no, no, no. Like, the new stadium and then MGM and then whatever's going on at the harbor, that would be so cool. That would be so much fun. Uh, the traffic on the bridge would be insane, though. Good Lord. On Woodrow Wilson Bridge? Bro, that traffic probably could be backed up for miles. And then, you know, on 495, okay, 495 might be a little bit better. But it's just, I, I can't imagine the traffic. I think no matter where you put it, the traffic is going to be insane. Because it's just how it is, man. 60, 70,000 people got to get in and out somehow. I see what they're trying to do, though. I've heard a lot about them putting it in Prince William County, which is like anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour for me. Wouldn't want that. Well, that'd be okay. That'd be like a compromise. Or they, where I'm hearing a lot of is them putting it at Loudoun County, which is the worst thing ever because they would put it near Ashburn, I believe. And if you haven't been to Loudoun County, it's not much going on out there. It's some nice houses and stuff, but some nice houses, nice schools, but it ain't much going on out there, dog. And and it takes forever to get there, especially if you're going like 267 and you got to and you got to go on those toll roads. Them toll roads are annoying and they add up fast. Yeah, no, no. Don't put that out loud in county. It take forever to get there. And it will take forever to get home. I guess it'll be by Dulles. If you ever flew to Dulles or flew back from Dulles, yada, yada, you know how far it is from D.C. Just no, don't do that. I feel like I shouldn't care that much because this is not my team. But still, I try to go to at least one game a season. And, you know, especially if they're playing the Eagles, I got to get there somehow. But, you know, it's just a lot of talk for a stadium that wouldn't be, I mean, at the earliest wouldn't exist till 2027. Well, we'll see, though. Uh, Let's see. Oh, Dan Snyder. <laughs> Dan Snyder. Hey, yo, on the radio before, <laughs> before I, I talk a little bit about Dan Snyder, his wife was like, ta-da. <laughs> we're talking about the name i guess when the name presented she was like ta-da <laughs> hey yo travis thomas destroyed tanya snyder for that i was like yo that was funny that was hilarious man oh man i don't know what to do about this team uh yeah daniel snyder had that uh oversight hearing committee about the workplace environment and Possible harassment of female employees under his watch when they work for the Washington football team, commanders, whatever you want to call them. And I'm like, man, this guy. I mean, it's just, it's talk about him inappropriately touching women, um... I guess forcing them to talk to people they want to talk to. Stuff like that. You know, from what I heard, it just turned into politics at the end. Like, it turned into Democrats versus Republicans at the end of that hearing. And I'm just like, man, whatever. At the end of the day, people going to want him to sell the team. People have been wanting him to sell the team for years. And they'll use any excuse to make him sell the team. Like, the only way it's going to happen is you're going to have to get the owners and the sponsors to put pressure on the um, on the NFL to get rid of him or to put pressure on Daniel Snyder, Snyder to sell the team. If we're divided, if y'all are divided on this issue, if no one decides 
that he's that much of a problem, or if enough people don't decide he's that much of a problem for the league, nothing's going to change. This guy's inevitable. (laughs) He has too much money and too much power. Like He's not going anywhere unless enough people come together and basically, you know, force him out. Bro, I'm, I'm watching Kansas and Baylor, and Baylor is dying right now. But, you know, I'm this time next week, I'll be at Kansas. I already got my ticket. That's going to be fun. I'm looking at that crowd. That crowd look ridiculous, bro. And they play like this next week. OU is going to be blown out and game be over by halftime. And those guys, look at them guys going crazy over there. Good Lord. I mean, I'll get to that later. But the Washington Commanders are hilarious. Nothing has changed. And I'm just I'm just along for the ride. I just like to be entertained. I like, like to laugh. So Tom Brady retired. He retired right after my last show. But not so fast. Because a few days after... Well, in the days right after that, he basically refuted those claims and there were conflicting reports. I was like, did he retire or not? He basically said he hadn't decided yet, only to eventually decide on that Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday of this week, because all this happened last weekend. All for him to decide by, like, Tuesday that he was going to retire. And I'm just like, man, go ahead, bro. I guess he was just mad that it got leaked out. I don't know who leaked it out. I guess people talk. I mean, people got connections. Like Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter, they got, they got connections everywhere. So I'm sure, you know, they know someone close to Brady and it got out. I mean, I know him and his family didn't want it out, but then I guess, and then, but he he had us questioning after the conflicting reports, whether or not he was going to come back. He really had, he he almost got us with the narrative, but then, nope. He was like, screw this. I put out the statement on Instagram and it's over. I mean, okay. Well, I'm going to miss Tom Brady. Like, real talk. I was hoping he played at least two more years. I was assuming he was going to play at least two more years. But something didn't seem right Yeah, after he lost to the Rams, him and the Bucks, um, It just seems like the way he was talking and the way he was talking about his family and stuff, it just seemed like football just becoming less important to him. So he's out. And, you know, he got a lot of businesses, a lot of stuff going on, you know, in addition to his family. So the next chapter of his life is about to be dope. Will I be surprised if he come back? Mm, Not really. I wouldn't be too surprised, but he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. He's done enough. I mean, seven Super Bowls. All-time passing yards leader. I think he got the most touchdowns, too. Still, like, that, that is just crazy. That is just insane. I miss Brady. I rooted for Brady seven out of his ten Super Bowls. I say, yeah, seven out of his ten. So, the Super Bowl against – the two Super Bowls against the Eagles, obviously I rooted for the Eagles because it's my team. Then the other one I didn't really root for him was the Rams Super Bowl – I like the Rams so much. I mean, especially after they beat the Saints and how they beat the Saints. <laughs> it was so funny. I was just riding with them. You know, I was like, but it, it was a tentative lean towards the Rams in that Super Bowl. I kind of wanted them to win. They didn't. And I didn't lose sleep over it. It was fine. But, yeah, it was just one of three times I didn't root for Brady in the Super Bowl. Of course I rooted for him against the Giants. I hate the Giants. Like, the Panthers the Panthers beat the Eagles. I was mad. I know it was my dad's team, but I was salty. The Rams the first time, once again, the Rams beat the Eagles. I was hurt. So I'm glad he I'm glad they beat him. 
and he and they were the underdogs. So I loved it. What was the other two? Oh, Seattle didn't really didn't really mess with Seattle, so uh, I went with them. The Falcons Super Bowl. I didn't really care who won until they got down twenty eight to three, and then they start coming back. Then I start rooting for the Patriots. So yeah, man. And then the Bucks and Chiefs. Yeah, I wasn't really feeling the Chiefs dynasty. Everyone else wanted Brady to lose. But I wanted them to win because I was like, I'd rather see Brady win number seven than watch the Chiefs go two in a row and then maybe three in a row the next year. I'm just saying. But yeah, man, a lot of respect for Brady. And another inspiring piece of the GOAT level, the GOAT level brand, another person who kind of embodies the brand. And I, I love it. I, I'm thankful for his career. You know, it was, it was a fun ride. So speaking of names. I got to talk about the Washington Lizards. No, they're not the Wizards no more. They're the Washington Lizards because they got to earn that extra W back. And just like the Washington Commanders being the Washington Commodores, because I'd rather see them singing than playing football, the Washington Wizards, I mean the Washington Lizards, pretty much work for Geico because they ain't playing basketball. <laughs> Real talk. Now I will give them credit for playing Milwaukee tough in Milwaukee. And then they beat the Sixers again. See, the last time they beat the Sixers at home, which I didn't expect them to win. They were on a losing streak. And we only beat the Sixers once in two years. And they had just beat us like weeks before when MB got um Montres Harrell ejected. So we won that game going away. And then we won this game with Embiid with another easy double double. Um, but we won this game and this time without Bradley Bill. Like the last time we won, we had Bradley Bill, but he only had 13. Bradley Bill's still out. He's hurt. So I'm like, wow. So we have a winning record without Bradley Bill. It's something like seven and four. Without Bradley Bill. That's wow. So once again, the talk about do we need Bradley Bill? I mean, the team plays better without Bradley Bill. Like that type of talk has been the loudest it's ever been. I've never seen it this loud. Like it's been like this for for years since John Wall left. So since John Wall left, every now and then we get the whole we need to trade Bradley Bill. Like, the team plays better without Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill's overrated, yada, yada. And now I've never heard it this loud before. I've never heard that type of talk this loud before. It, the trade rumors are out of control. There's reports about, like, the Sixers wanting to trade Ben Simmons for Bradley Bill. There's talk about Bradley Bill being involved in a, in a James Harden trade. I'm just like, are you serious right now? Like, after the Clippers game, and then Brad Bill got hurt again, got hurt during the Grizzlies game, which we got blown out of. I told you we weren't winning that game, and we didn't. So, so after all that, everyone wants Bradley Bill gone all of a sudden. I still say we keep the team... We push through it, keep the team together, and then we'll figure it out after this All-Star break if we're not out of it, and we just run with it. We just roll with it. We won't got to trade nobody. You know, we're not playing well right now, and we don't have the type of talent that some of these other teams have. But, man, go ahead, bro. We got this. Like, we got this. We we shouldn't have to trade anybody. Everyone will get healthy. I mean, okay, we have everyone but Brad and Thomas Bryant right now. But Thomas Bryant's coming back. Bradley Bill's coming back. Man, go ahead, bro. In the long run, we're going to need Bradley Bill if we want any chance of making the playoffs. And I'm looking at the standings right now. And the Wizards have finally played themselves out of play-in contention. I told you, 
I told y'all we was going to be fighting with the Raptors, the Celtics, the Hawks, and the Knicks all season for the for that last four spots. And surprise, surprise, the Hawks have only lost two games since January 15th. They're on a roll. They're on their typical midseason rise. And Trey Young's going off. He just had, what, 43 against the Suns? He's going off. Their only two losses since January 15th was to the Raptors. One game they didn't have Trey Young. The other game, I just I can't even explain. So, th- this team's on the rise, and they caught up to the Wizards, and it ain't take them long. The Knicks and the Pacers are behind us. I don't know how. I mean, the Knicks, I'm looking at the rest of the standings. The Nets are sliding. They're only... Wow, they're only a game and a half above the Hornets, and the Hornets are ninth. So I'm like, yo, that's crazy. They're they're going through a slump. They they've lost seven in a row. So if the playoffs started today, it would be Raptors, Celtics, and the play-in, Hornets, Hawks. The Hawks should win. I don't care if the game's in Charlotte. The Hawks should win that one. I don't know who would win between the Raptors and Celtics. I mean, Raptors on a five-game winning streak. And remember, the Raptors and Celtics had an epic series not too long ago in the bubble. Yeah, in the bubble, they had an epic series. So I would expect an epic game from them. I don't know. That's a toss-up. But I guess the winner of that would play the Hawks and, you know, ice trade a gang. Ice trade a gang. I mean, the loser of that would play the Hawks and ice trade a gang. Ice trade a gang. Ice Trey the gang. Ice Trey the gang. But if it was, let's say the Raptors won. Raptors versus Heat in the first round would be insane. Bulls versus, I assume, let's say the Hawks. That would be a crazy series. But the Bulls been a better team all season. But Trey Young, I think Trey Young will push that to seven. The Cavaliers are in third. This team, I'm telling you. When I saw this team against um, Sacramento, I was like, this team is for real. This team is for real. They got it going. They're pretty hard to stop. But they would play the slumping Nets without KD. But when playoff time comes, they're going to have KD. So I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on that. And then I think uh, Sixers and Bucks, you know, you might as well just get that one of the Bucks. It's a wrap. <laughs> Man, but back to the back to the Washington Lizards. I mean, it's just it's not looking good. People want to blow the team up. After we was praising the coach and the GM of how the team was constructed because we got off to fourteen and five start, but now we can come back to the pack, below the pack, and now we, Lord Jesus. And now we're outside of the play-in fray. But I'm encouraged about what's coming up. We got to play the Kings, the Pistons. We got the Suns tonight. We got the Heat on Monday. Those are L's. Like, maybe they'll rise to occasion against the Suns just because it's the Suns and we're at home and the Suns are on an East Coast trip. Like, maybe they'll, like, get up for that. I'm not, I don't think we'll beat the Heat. The Heat are very tough to beat. We don't match up well with them at all. I don't know. But after that, I mean, the Kings, the Pistons, the Nets, the Nets probably without Harden or KD. Like, I mean, and then the Pacers, the Pacers, they're just as good as we are, but they can't stay healthy. So I like my chances in that game, too. The Washington Lizards have a chance to earn that extra W back in their name. But it's just gonna it's just gonna take some more consistent play on offense and defense. It's gonna take, you know, Brad Bill being healthy and Spencer Dinwiddie stepping up. I mean, let's just see what happens. I mean, I don't think we should trade anybody. If we do, if we're going to trade Bradley Bill, we better get an all-star back. I know that's a lot to ask. 
But come on. And if we get Ben Simmons, by the way, I don't know about that one. Our defense automatically gets better. But offensively, we're going to take a step back. So I'm not too sure about that move. Not too sure about that move, but we'll see. Man, Baylor is dying right now. I just don't think, yeah, they're screwed. I mean, the fans, the fans at uh, Iber Arena, or what, what do you call that place? That's not Albert Arena. Uh, Allen Fieldhouse, yeah, got it mixed up. The fans at Allen Fieldhouse are going crazy. Boy, that environment next week is going to be sick. I cannot wait to go. But I'll talk about that later. Washington Lizards got to get it together. The caps. So the caps, the cap cycle, they all cap. I mean, it's just, they're just up and down right now. Like, they're still number four in the Metropolitan. But they're not that far behind Carolina, New York, and Pittsburgh. They're not that far. Um, Pittsburgh's on a losing streak, including losing to, ooh, Christian Brown. Killed him. Anyway, the Caps beat the Penguins without Ovi, thanks to Dmitry Orlov. I mean, Orlov. I think I said that right. Dmitry Orlov, like, he killed it. Two goals, including the game winner? Killed him. And then we turn around once again without Ovi. We lose to the Oilers. That's a game I wanted to go to. I mean, Connor McDavid versus Ovechkin, that would have been dope. And then the Oilers just got Evander Kane. That would have been vicious. But once again, you know, the game just became a joke after the Colts, the, the Colts, the Caps gave up two goals in like five seconds because that's what they do. They give up all these goals at one time. But thankfully, they usually battle back after they do that. So, you know, we come out okay, but it's just ridiculous how fast this team gives up goals sometimes. And uh, in one of these games, I think it was the Pittsburgh game, uh, Vitek Vanacek got hurt. You know, he was pulling ahead in the, in the goalie battle with Ilya Samsonov. And he got hurt. And now we got Samsonov and some guy, I think, from Hershey. Like, this is just crazy, man. This team is just, just, oh, my God. Like I said, I think I think we're ahead of schedule on the cap cycle. I think we're getting to the part where they play just well enough to put themselves in the top two of the Metropolitan and get home ice advantage, all to lose to freaking whoever comes out of the wild card or freaking Pittsburgh or New York. Like, I ain't trying to see that, bro. Like, that's going to be the worst. So hopefully, you know, get healthy, get it together. They're better off than the Wizards, but still, you know, had a slow start to January. Now it's just a roller coaster. Uh, All-star break right now, so hopefully they come back from the break. Uh, they are going to come back from the break because this is what they do. They're going to come back from the break firing and going to make this run to the playoffs like they always do. I want to see how this goalie thing goes. If we get a better goalie, that'd be great because, yeah, we'll definitely be up there in the Metropolitan then. I mean, it's got to be a reason why we give up all these quick goals. That's probably it. <laughs> man, go ahead, bro. All right, man. Now, finally, I'm going to talk about championship weekend. So, championship weekend was cool. What what happened? What, once again, like I said in the last show, I do some questionable, not-so-smart things. And one of them was... Scheduling the referee a two-game basketball set during the Bengals and the Chiefs. And then planning to go get pizza right after that. So I had to listen to a lot of it 
on the radio, I didn't go get home to the fourth quarter. And honestly, when it was 21 to three, I was like, oh, it's over because I had just gotten out of my uh, basketball assignments. When it was 21 to three, I just shook my head. I was like, oh, it's over. It's over. It's over. Game over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all during while this was going on, I was on the road. Heading back to my side of town, so I give me some pizza. And, you know, I was thinking it was over. Then the Bengals scored. I was like, oh, okay, we got ourselves a game. And it looked like the Chiefs were driving. And it looked like they were going to for sure go up 28 to 3. I mean, 28 to 10. And then the announcer says that Tyreek Hill got tackled short of the line, short of the goal line, and the clock ran out. I was like, huh? I thought that only happened on Madden. <laughs> I mean, I was not expecting that. And I was like, oh, the Chiefs messed up. The Chiefs messed up. I knew the Bengals were going to come back after that. I was like, yeah, they messed up. And then I listened to more of the game. And then the next thing you know, it's tied up. It's tied up. It's. Wow. I think it it ended up being 21-21, if I'm not mistaken. Because uh, they kicked the field goal. Then they threw that ball to Jamar Chase, I believe. And then they got the two-point conversion. It's 21-21. I was like, wow, these guys are serious. These guys are for real. And I think by that time, I'm I'm home and I'm watching the game. And the Chiefs are just doing nothing offensively. And the pressure is just... Or they, they would get down to the Bengals territory. And then the Bengals would just put the pressure on them. And have Mahomes running around looking like he don't know what he's doing. So I'm like, man. So I was like, man. This Cincinnati defense, like I said, this defense, a lot has been said about Joe Burrow and the offense. And Joe Burrow did make some key plays, especially with his legs. But that defense has really carried them through. I mean, they were the one that held the Raiders to all them field goals in the wild card. They were the ones that limited Derrick Henry and forced three interceptions against Ryan Tannehill. And they were the ones that pretty much shut out the Chiefs in the second half and forced overtime where, man, when the Chiefs, I I hopped on the bandwagon. I hopped on the bandwagon. I was like, the Chiefs won the toss? And I was like, oh, it's over. It's over. The Bengals are not going to stop them. But there was something in the back of my mind that was saying the Bengals' defense got momentum and they've been playing well. They might be able to stop them. And sure enough, they did. Well, okay, Mahomes had three of the worst plays I've ever seen him make. The first play should have been picked off. No, I think the first play was like a bad overthrow that could have been picked off. The second one should have been picked off. I don't know. I might have those plays mixed up. But the third one was a horrible pass in the double coverage that did get picked off. And then that's when I realized, yeah, Bengals are winning this. And Joe Mixon went beast mode, got them down the field. I don't really believe in kickers winning the game. And, you know, and I really don't believe in putting the game in the hands of a kicker. But you got to try to score. But Money Mac has been just money. And he was money again. And he got them to the Super Bowl. I'm like, man, this team... I just learned a lot from them. Their confidence, their rebuild, the rebuild that they have is so inspirational. It just made me look at my own brand. I'm like, man, if I can build up my brand like that from basically low key and not much going on to being what it was supposed to be all along and, you know, really making the money and making a difference and everything. If I can get to that, 
Oh, man. Just looking at the Bengals, how they literally went from winning two games two years ago to now they're in the Super Bowl. That rebuild is so inspirational. I have to apply that to my brand. And if I do, it's over. It's a wrap. I'm telling you. So remember, it's never too late to get on the bandwagon. Same thing with the Bengals. See what I mean? They're the cool team. They're the it team. And now people are on their bandwagon. They're getting they're getting new young fans. It wasn't cool to be a Bengals fan like two years ago. It wasn't cool to be a Bengals fan all last decade. But now... You know, they partying like it's 1980 and they doing the icky shuffle. I mean, the icky shuffle, you know, after they do the gritty. (laughs) But, man, congrats to them. They're the underdogs against the Rams who outlasted the 49ers because, well, they made Jimmy G just, you know, turn into bad Jimmy G. I told you I didn't trust Jimmy G. But he was kind of proving me wrong after what he did against the Cowboys and the Packers, especially the Packers. But once again, the pressure was too much. You know, they had gotten into some second and longs, some third and longs. And you get into that, you unleash that vicious pass rush by the Rams. And they just couldn't do anything with that, and they lost. The 49ers did miss some opportunities, like them drop picks. I'm just like, man, it was just such a close game. Such a, you know, tightly contested game. Debo Samuel is a beast. He's going to be top 10 in fantasy. Uh, Don't be surprised if I pick him next year. Uh, We'll see, though. Heck of a game. The host team is playing in the Super Bowl again. Two years in a row. But the Super Bowl next year is in Arizona. It, we could make it three in a row. I mean, the, the Arizona Cardinals got the talent. You know, all they need to do is just be better in the second half of the season. They have the talent. Kyler Murray, that defense with, with uh, Chandler Jones, they got the talent to host the Super Bowl next year. Don't trip. Don't get it twisted. I'd love to see it. But, you know, good win by the Rams. Uh, Good win by the Rams. I knew it would be a close game. That game went exactly how I thought it would. I was like, at the end of the day, the Rams have too much talent, and they're going to win by three to four points. What is this girl talking about on Twitter? Okay. Oh, yeah, see, my son, the Suns fan that I know, shout out to Nomadic Native. Uh, Lala on Twitter, you know, the Wizards are playing the Suns and she's an Arizona girl. And yeah, we got to beat them. Now we really got to beat them. You know, I was just going to let it ride and be like, I was going to let it ride and be like, you know, they're the better team. We're going to get killed. We don't have Bradley Bill. But, you know, maybe they can surprise me and get up for this game just because it's home. It's a Saturday night. Um, Let's do it. Nah, we gotta win. We gotta win this game. We gotta win this game. I, I'm probably gonna go easy on her. She's so sweet. I, I probably go easy on her with the trash talk. But if we win, man, I'm gonna be so happy. <laughs> I'm gonna be listening to it on the radio. Shout out to 1067 the fans. Shout out to Team 980. Shout out to 991 Bloomberg. It's gonna be on one of them, and I'm gonna be listening while I'm doing lift. I'm just saying. <laughs> what was I finna say? Alright, now back to the grind. Alright, Super Bowl quick look. I'm gonna do a big preview next week while I'm in Kansas City. It would have been great if Kansas City was in it, potentially partying with those Chiefs fans, but they're not in it because they choked and Cincinnati wanted it more. So they're not in it. So I'll still be watching Super Bowl, but the Chiefs won't be in it. The Chiefs fans probably getting ready for Valentine's Day. So, because of that, you know, it is what it is. I'm going to do the preview show probably after the KUOU game, most likely. 
most likely because um you know i gotta talk about kuou of course so expect a show to come before the super bowl starts uh but yeah uh so far it just looks like the Bengals have a mismatch up front but they're gonna hear that for two weeks and maybe that'll fire them up uh, their defensive line is definitely going to be up to the task. We're all worried about their offensive line. I mean, they got to go against Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and all the other characters on that defensive line. It's not going to be pretty. That's what it looked like. They have trouble blocking the Tennessee's line. They have trouble blocking the Rams' line. And all their games have been close, and I'm expecting no different here. I think this game is going to be close. I'm not going to make a score prediction yet. But these guys are going to fight. And, you know, it looked like the Rams should win. But we've counted out the Bengals all playoffs. Except maybe the first one. But even then, you know, we count them out all playoffs. They're going to fight. They're going to be there in the end. And I, I can't wait. It's going to be a great game. Oh, the skill positions are going to be great. I uh, love to see Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase. That is not talked about enough. That that matchup is going to be insane. The best of the best. You know, I also want to see what Odell does against that Bengals secondary and how the Bengals secondary plan to defend Cooper Cup, who, like, leads the league in, like, three different categories. I think it's called the Triple Crown. Like, this man, this game going to be vicious, bro. I can't wait. Uh, let's see. Sooner schooner. Now let's get on the sooner schooner. OU men's basketball right now is trash. They just lost to our hated rivals, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. We just lost a little brother. And, of course, we're not going to hit the end of it. Lost to them in football. Of course, we lost in wrestling. I mean, it, the only thing that could be worse than this is losing to them in softball. I hope that doesn't happen. They had a really good team last year. And I think they won the first game. So I'm like, man, we can't have that happen. If they win the series in softball, it's in Norman, too. If they win the series in softball, I'm done. <laughs> we won't be able to say nothing. We lost, only scored 55 points. It's just like the Texas game where they only scored 52. I'm just like, and you watch them. I watched them last week versus Auburn, a game that was just very frustrating to watch because it seemed like the whole second half of the, like the last like maybe 10 minutes or so, they just couldn't score. It's not the Auburn's offense. They weren't shooting well. They would turn the ball over. I mean, it wasn't just the Auburn's defense. Their, their defense was good, but it wasn't that good. And offensively, Auburn was a little flat. We had to, we, we were supposed to take advantage of that, even at Auburn. Auburn's the number one team in the country, by the way. And I'm mad because I knew that Auburn wasn't playing that well. They weren't playing that well. And today... They almost lose to Georgia, and once again, just like against OU in in the first half, their offense just disappeared, and Georgia got with them and came back from 15 and were the better team the whole second half, but they didn't win because they can't make free throws, and then sometimes offensively, Georgia, they just, I don't know, they just weren't executing. It was ridiculous, bro. Like, it was ridiculous to watch how that game was close, but OU lost to Auburn by double digits. I don't understand. Like, after watching Auburn play against Missouri and Georgia, you got to be kidding me. It's just a sad state where this team is, and I just don't really trust them. I just don't really trust them at Kansas next week. I really don't. I'm very worried. Like, I'm going to this game. But this game is trouble. Like, Kansas is freaking up 
like 16 against Baylor and Baylor's number 8 team in the country. Like OU right now is like 11 and 10 and 2 and 7 in the conference. 3 and 7 in the conference. You got to be kidding me right now. Bro, offense trash. You know, sometimes sometimes Elijah Harkless will get going and go wire and Moja Gibson is mostly a shooter. Uh, we got some other role players. The Groves brothers come and go. I'm just like, man, this team, bro. This team is annoying. Like, losing to Oklahoma State, hopefully that's the wake-up call. Is Oklahoma State just not good, okay? They're not that good. They're 4-6 and six in the conference. We lost to them. Their fans talking trash in the Twitter comments. I'm sick right now. This team is nothing like the women's team who is kicking tail, who is number one in the Big 12. Like, they're they're nothing like their sisters right now. Like, they beat Baylor twice. Let, Let me run that back. Oklahoma women's basketball beat Baylor twice. That is pretty much the unthinkable the way Baylor has dominated OU women's basketball the past decade or so. I, I'm just I'm just speechless. But we can't beat Kansas State. I don't get it. Now, they only have two conference losses. Uh, I'm just looking at the standings right now. I mean, they're 8-2 and two in the conference. 19-3 and three overall. You know, they tied with Iowa State, who got the same record. They beat Baylor twice. They beat Texas. They destroyed Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is 6-13, 1-9 in the conference. Just L's all over their basketball program. Destroyed them. We're miles past them. You know, I'm proud of them. You know, I got to take a closer look at them. I'll have a more in-depth analysis of how their team looks and, you know, what makes them really good. But, man, this is great. You know, if the if the men's team flame out, we could just put all our eggs in one basket and just go root for the women's basketball team. We could just hop on that bandwagon. They, they could use our support. They're playing really well and have a really good coach. And just another really good Josie hire. You know, that's why he's the man. That's why he's a legend. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. Joe C., our athletic director, who went to the University of Maryland. So he's kind of DMV gang, gang, gang. And I just love it. Uh, Let's see. So now let's hop off the Sooner Schooner. No hypothetical. Couldn't think of anything. And Kansas is up 18. I think I said 16. Well, regardless, you got to be kidding. It's not looking good for the Sooners men's basketball it's not looking good i'm gonna go to that game and hopefully i get the witness history but man it is not looking good at all so all right quick takes and then i'm out of here the brian flores situation how he just sued the nfl and all the teams that tried to interview him you know Called out the Giants for a sham interview. Called out the Dolphins for trying to pay him to tank. Called out the Broncos for just being just incompetent and John Elway being late to the interview and not taking him seriously. Like, it's just, he's just really trying to expose the hiring practices of the NFL. And, you know, I don't blame him. It probably is something that's going on there. And a lot of people agree with him. And then Hugh Jackson is, you know, adding to his, I mean, is adding his two cents and adding his experiences to this. It's just, I don't know if this is going to hold up in court. I don't even know he really telling the truth. I don't even know how he rubbed his players and his bosses the wrong way. I have no clue. I wasn't in that locker room. I wasn't around him every day. I don't know. Some of this could be lies and exaggerations. But regardless, 
is forcing the NFL because of the public attention this is gaining because of the public attention this is gaining this is going to cause the NFL to really look at how they treat black players and coaches well mostly coaches and you know really look at the way they develop these coaches and the way they um you know hire them in these positions they instituted the Rooney rule years and years ago you know how you got to interview one or two black coaches every year for these positions but it seemed like there needs to be more done you know uh david cully got fired and he shouldn't have brian flores got fired he shouldn't have hugh jackson i mean i don't know that was a bad roster even with baker mayfield but i don't know he may have just not been good but you know there's some things that the nfl can tighten up on basically my point is with this Racism or no racism, if we all come together and decide we want change, change can get done. You saw that happen after George Floyd died. If we come together for a common goal, stuff going to get done. Stuff going to get done. Because we the people are stronger than these leaders and these small groups that run things we are the bureaucracy we run it we run things the thing is we're divided and we just you know choose to be led by whoever and that's fine but if you want changes we all gotta come together and decide what we want period all right uh what else here the Hawks, I just talked about them. They're in the play-in. They're in the play-in fray now. They're number 10. They didn't pass the Wizards. They didn't pass the Knicks. They didn't pass the Pacers. You know why? Ice Trey the Gang. Ice Trey the Gang. Just pour one up for the Ice Trey game. He's an all-star starter, and he's playing really well because, of course, he is. You knew they were going to show up. You knew they weren't going anywhere. They're winning games out the wazoo now that they got rid of Cam Reddish. But I think they were going to win games regardless. Man, I'm telling you, bro. Ice trade a game. You better watch out for this team. They just beat Phoenix. They just beat Phoenix. That's a big win. Phoenix is the best team in the league. They beat Phoenix. They beat the Lakers. Now, they didn't have LeBron, but they beat Le- they beat the Lakers. I'm telling you, they beat the Bucks on MLK, and that kind of set things off. This seems real. I don't know if they're going to go to the conference finals, but they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, and the Wizards better shape up, or they're going to have to play this team in Atlanta or something in a playing game. And, and this is worst-case scenario for the Hawks if they don't you know, make that climb into the top six. We're going to have to go to Atlanta, Ice Trey, Kevin Hirater, uh Capella, John Collins, they're going to be rolling. They're going to run us up out of there. So the Wizards better get it together or we're going to have to play a team like that and it's going to be a wrap. Ice Trey going to go off. You're going to have to put Denny Avio on him. <laughs> Man. Uh, Tina Charles is no longer a mystic. Uh, crazy movement and... A lot of free agency in this WNBA. I mean, Brianna Stewart had to sign a new contract. Um, Asia Wilson had to sign a new contract. Jewel Lloyd had to sign a new contract. We still waiting on Liz Cambage. I don't know where she's going. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be Las Vegas or not. Would love to have her in D.C., don't think it's going to happen, but would love to have her in D.C. But I haven't heard from her. Like, I don't know if she's coming back to the Aces or not. But Tina Charles is gone. I'm sick. And once again, Lala poked fun at that, too. 
was like, ah, we got Tina Charles. Root just joined the bandwagon. Root for the Mercury. No. You stole Tina Charles. I'm mad. Now you got a super team. I'm pissed. And when you come to DC, you gotta catch this fade just for taking Tina Charles from us. I was so looking forward to a healthy Tina Charles, Deladon, uh, Maisha Hines Allen, Ariel Atkins. Yeah, that's her name, right? Yeah, Ariel Atkins. And then the number one draft pick, bruh, we were going to have a super team. Now it's just, oh, my God. Oh, he's about to get attacked. He's about to get attacked. Yeah, yeah, he got attacked. Baylor, Baylor's out of here. Baylor's out of here. They about to get killed. They about to lose by 30. <laughs> Bryce Drew went off. Jesus Christ. Wow. All right. Uh but yeah, Tina Charles is gone. I'm sick. I'm salty. Uh the Mystics will be fine as long as they have Deladon. And hopefully this number one pick is like the second coming of Shamiqua Holesclaw. So we'll see what happens. Oh, I forgot to mention Caleb Williams in the Sooner Schooner. So he picked USC. I'm kind of mad he dragged it out. But at the end of the day, he is a kid from the D.C. area. He played for Watkins, a team I played against in, in middle school. We beat him twice, by the way. He played for Gonzaga, another conference rival of mine in high school. So we beat them. Beat them my senior year. Dang, he got fouled. Anyway, so he got ties to this area. Even my, my little league coach knows him. My little league coach coached against him. So, you know, I, I, I can't really dislike this kid. I can't really hate him. I just want him to do well just for this area, just to show you that kids from the DMV can do well and represent this area well, even though with all the crime and all the stuff that happens around here that's negative he is a positive he is a positive that's why i can't really be mad at at him going to usc even though i wish he would have went basically anywhere but usc or texas or oklahoma state i mean it just is what it is at the end of the day i mean just you gotta put it in perspective uh mac etn spit on some arizona fans you know how college basketball fans can get, man, especially students. They get disrespectful. They can get disrespectful. So, But you still don't spit on nobody. That's just inhumane. Like, what are you doing? You loafing. You fronting. Come on, dog. Anyway, man, this this he was wilding. He was wilding. I don't know why he spit on Arizona. Like, you, you let him get to you like that? Man, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a Bryce Drew, right? Bro, <laughs> Yo, he was going off, bro. He was going crazy. Anyway, wow. The Pro Bowl skills competition was entertaining to watch. Uh, Russell Wilson still got it. He made that competition look easy. <laughs> and then the third, the needle was very creative. Glad Darius Slay got a pick. I think he did. It was just good to see Darius Slay out there. You know, he was, what, the best defensive player on our Eagles team, arguably. And he was like that. Just, I loved it. And then they just had fun. They looked like big kids out there. And Justin Jefferson with his grill. <laughs> Call me George Foreman because I'm selling everybody grills. I would have played that song, but I'm not going to do that. Oh, man. Oh, my God. That little 40-yard dash race where uh, Michael Parsons won, got Skip all hyped, got Cowboys fans all hyped. That's sad. Y'all hyping up a freaking 40-yard uh, dash. It don't matter if he can't get around Trent Williams. It don't matter if he can't get around Lane Johnson. Like, just stop, bro. Like, y'all not winning, bro. You not getting past the second round. Like I said, with the Cowboys, your ceiling is the second round. I said once again, your ceiling is the second round. So I wouldn't get too excited. Skip Bayless. Your team isn't all that. <laughs>
and we're coming for you next year. You better respect the bird. And that is the word. So you already know that I'm out. Peace. End of the episode. (laughs) Just like that. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.